Let's get some details up here. Hello, 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 hello. I'm just uh, trying to get our special guest in today. So let's get this on board. Alex from AA Drafting. So hello, everybody. For those who don't know, I'm Kaz or Kazi from Property by Kazi. And today we're at week two of another segment of Ask Somebody Else. An amazing opportunity to ask somebody else or another property specialist or a property expert about you know any questions you want to know about their particular field so i've just added him in last week i believe our guest was 10 15 minutes late so this week hopefully he beats that and you know the maximum of five minutes late because you know i love an opportunity to talk even though this is supposed to be an opportunity for somebody else to talk and for me to listen ah Hello. we have him the man himself mr alex uh, that's sensational you? You? i'm good thank you, you. So you beat the world just record to... being 15 minutes late. So obviously two minutes is perfect. And they gave me yeah. an opportunity to talk for a little while. <laughs> no problem. I'm just trying to get a good stand here. Let me see. No problem. So why you sort it out again for those, because more people are joining as we speak. So we're up to 65 now. Today is week two, episode two of Ask Somebody Else. Uh, my guest today is Alex from AA Drafting. So I'm going to give a little introduction of what I know about them. You are sideways now. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. You're back the right yeah. way. So I'm going to give a little introduction about what I know about them, and then I'm going to let him introduce himself. So AA Drafting are a specialist architect firm that cover, um, you know, they're based in South London, but cover everywhere within the M25. They do everything from lease plans to loft conversions, rear extensions, um, conversions from a house to a single dwelling, new build plans, structural drawings, uh, building control drawings, construction drawings, as well as your uh, CGI, so your computer-generated images um, that you would put in place if you were doing maybe a new build scheme or something more complex. Um, how have I done with the summary of what you guys do? As uh, pretty spot on, guys. Pretty spot on. Um, we pretty much cover majority of everything planning. Um, specialize in residential properties. Um, we do do uh, commercial but a lot of kind of commercial to resi conversions and and change of class uses mm -hmm. um but we're pretty much a one-stop shop for everything residential from kind of design to your kind of construction and your construction packages nice and how long have you guys been running uh so we've been running for eight years now okay. um kind of started off as a kind of one-man band myself mm -hmm. and then kind of grown uh where we um we have kind of a nice structure in place with other kind of design um, technicians and uh, structural engineers on board so it's um yeah it's quite it's quite a good little team we've got here and um yeah we just we just aim to provide planning permission uh provide property gains and planning gains for developers uh single um right. single kind of users nice. so and what what um, i was thinking yeah. is um 
whilst so anybody who's got a question you can use the question feature at the bottom to ask your questions they're pinned i see them and i'm going to forward those questions over to alex and hopefully he can answer them so again the segment today is ask somebody else so you've got an opportunity i mean alex what's your hourly rate at the moment what's your going rate <laughs> your going rate i know you're going because right. you charge it to me sometimes uh, so you've got an opportunity today to save yourself yeah. a lot of money he's here mm. you know on his sunday right now there's a big game on that he's currently missing for this so yeah, take yeah, advantage yeah. of the fact that he is here he is willing to give out some free advice because that is what this segment is about an opportunity for us as people that have maybe you know we've got a little bit further we've still got so so much further we want to travel but are doing quite well in our journey and want an opportunity to give back. So ask a question. No such thing as a silly question. No such thing as a, you know, too detailed question. And if it is maybe too detailed, maybe, you know, you can get in touch and I'll give you Alex's contact details or AA Drafts' details so you can get in contact with them directly. And maybe I'll put, I'll put a link up for a direct contact form after this live. But yeah, so ask away of all the questions. In the meantime, while those questions build up, I'm going to ping over a couple of questions to you because... I think one thing that's interesting and maybe I didn't touch on in my intro is away from you being, you know, an architect and running a business, you're also a property developer yourself. So you see things on both sides, you know, both sides of the coin effectively. Um, and a lot of yeah, people that right. want to get into property, you know, maybe think because they want to do developments and think they have to do developments initially. Um, but, you know, there is sometimes there's a different journey into getting into property development. So I know you said you've been running for eight years, but to qualify as an architect, what, you know, what are the requirements? Where did you study for how long? Like maybe talk to us about that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I studied in Portsmouth Uni mm -hmm. um, and uh, kind of worked abroad for a long time. I was in China, based in China for a while and kind of working on projects there. Um, so it's pretty, pretty kind of structured, long route um, for to, to kind of do this. But that's in the more uh, academic side of things, in in terms of kind of property development and 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 that it's you, you've got to try, you know, you've, you've got to just get out there and um, and make your first first step into into the world of property development. So it's um, architectural think, wise, it's um, a lot of university, a lot of study. Um, how and how then, much do you feel? that your your background you know in as an architect or a professional property professional but in another field has aided you to be a success as a, as a developer or a property investor that's made me more confident mm -hmm. um when i go into deals or if i see a potential deal i, I will know okay this has potential planning uh, gains that we could have this we can can do a extension here we can split this into flats kind of instantly mm -hmm. um that just comes from my experience and being able to lean on that um so it definitely it definitely gives me confidence in in that side of things because i would assume given your background did you raise your capital to do your first flip or your first project through your experience with an AA draft or through obviously your work with an AA drafting? Yeah. Um, so I went kind of a more traditional route for in terms okay. of my property development uh, route. So I have saved and uh, worked abroad, saved a lot of money. Where did you work first, abroad? Uh, uh, in China. So I was based in I China did. for a while. I did know that. Yeah. You did, yeah. yeah. See, and, that, and that's something I think not a lot of people touch on that 
you do have to make sacrifices. If you know you want to get yeah. into property or invest in property, you worked overseas in China, you did the hard graft. It's not an instant decision. Like, so when I see a yeah. lot of courses that are saying, pay 500 pounds, a thousand pounds, 5,000 pounds for a course. And tomorrow, you know, become a, um, tomorrow become a property developer. For me, I think it yeah. sells sometimes a little bit of an incorrect, incorrect picture. Um, so that's, that's amazing to me about it, you know, this, you know, that you, you actually went out there and sort of applied your craft even overseas. And um, so we're actually starting to get yeah, quite a few yeah, questions definitely. coming in. Um, but I think just a couple more, more that I had on my side. Um, so again, so you've explained your kind of journey, your background, the company, um, and in terms of what's your, what do you like? Like what's your, what's your why in property? What do you really like about it? Is it design? Is it build? Is it, what motivates you in, in the property space? Um, design. I, I enjoy seeing something I put on paper being constructed. So knowing mm. that initially this was, this, there wasn't anything like this and no one had this thoughts in their mind and then being able to see something that just was in, in my mind actually comes think... to reality. So, that that that's, was that's, that's ticks, the main thing for me that ticks boxes on the architectural side and the development side because that's yeah. something i really like and something i preach a lot that mm. you know you don't necessarily you know you make the money from seeing what other people have missed and because you've gone down the route of you know improving personal circumstances then improving your knowledge base, you can now see those opportunities that other people can't. So I think that's exactly. something, you know, that's exactly. really, really good. So anyway, I've talked enough. You know, I like talking, but, you know, I'm, I'm off today. <laughs> this is Alex's turn to talk. So I'm going to go through a couple of the questions. Again, guys, if you can, try and ask the questions in the question box as opposed to in the chat because they might get lost with other people talking, etc. Um, so Kelly Kells has asked, um, hi, when is it the best time to involve an architect when buying a property? Okay, so it all depends on what uh, what needs to be done or what's uh, kind of being proposed. So once I think you want to kind of ideally have the property in place that so you want to have exchanged and know that, okay, that's, um, that's certified that you're going to purchase the property. And then straight after that, I mean, getting someone on board to go through things to let you know what potentially can and can't be done. Um, there isn't and what's really that called? A time is that a feasibility study? Is that? Um, so, yeah. Or... So there's, uh, for example, if you purchase a property and then you're not sure yourself mm -hmm. um, as the owner what, what can be done, you can contact an architect for a feasibility study. They can let you know exactly what can be done at the property, um, yep. extension-wise, permitted development-wise, uh, potential conversions or, or demolition and new builds. Um, that's something that an, an architect can kind of let you know. So there isn't really a sort of timeline, I'd say. So you would say as, after, um, after exchange slash completion, potentially? Yeah, so you want to, done. yeah. Because I think, done, yeah, we'll have um, to plug them. We're going to have an amazing property specialist, a convention solicitor in a couple of weeks. And they'll also be able to help with questions like that. Because I do think as much as that's an architectural question, a lot of that also comes down to what you're doing. Because let's say your plan is to buy a house and convert it into flats. If you mm. do your planning prior to exchange or completion, and then 
you get that planning, there's nothing from stopping the vendor from pulling out and saying, well, look, you've just increased the value of my property by £100,000. If you mm-hmm. want to buy it, I'm going to put it back on the market for loads more. Because yeah, in reality, exactly. worst case scenario, that same vendor has to pay your legal costs. But there's nothing really stopping them from doing that. So, Kelly, I would say, typically speaking, I mean, there's no harm having a conversation and engaging with the architect, but also depending if you're in a chain, properties can fall through. You don't want to be investing too much money at a point in which you don't own the assets. I think Alex is bang on the money there with um, after, you know, after exchange slash completion. Um, ah, you don't know I'm so dyslexic. So when I'm reading names, I just want a lot of excuses. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I want a lot of leeway. So I'm going to say the... I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to read, the, I'm going to read the question out and you're going to know who you are because it's a very specific question. So it says, hey, Alex, saw your amazing planning permission granted on Homestead Road, SE25 into three flats on a semi-Victorian house. Do you think the same could be achieved with a terrace property um, on the exact same road, same layout? Okay. Terrace I mean, property. Very specific so, question. Yeah. Um, so the... Terrace properties, the issues that come with converting in on terrace properties are generally all stem to amenity space at the back. So uh, we, and we I mean generally gardens, need to right? provide gardens, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we need to provide gardens. You know, not, every, not everyone's as technical as you say. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you need to provide a kind of outdoor space for all the flats. Um, with terrace properties, that's generally where the issues arise from. Um, in certain boroughs, you can do external staircases from the first floor, but it's not uh, common in the uh, so Homesdale, so the Croydon borough. Um, but generally, garden space and um, amenity space are the generally the issues that come with converting into in a terrace property. Okay. So for those that don't know, um, Alex has done literally all my plans for my new builds, loft conversions, office to residential, loft space, um, loft conversions, rear extensions, double story, single story side, everything that I've done has come through Alex. So he's taught me a lot. And through, you know, through going through the process, there are, I'll send out, but Alex, I found this house. It's amazing. I've seen they've converted it. And he'll tell me exactly that, that the house is the same. It looks the same, but because you need an internal corridor, you lose the space. So I think a lot of the time, if you're looking at a place and using that as precedence, make sure you can do exactly what they did. I would say if you're using... Is that a good general advice if you're if you're trying to find use a property as an example? It really does have to tickle the boxes and be very similar. Um, So we've been going for about fifteen minutes now. So for those who have just those who have just come in or not in, um, today I'm on with Alex from AA Drafting. So if you're not following him, make sure you are. You know, work is amazing. Does all my work, and I can give you a recommendation, direct contact details. If you do have any architectural work, you need to get him in touch with. now, listen, we've got 75 people in the room. Do you want to try and get out to 100? So if you are in here and are asking questions, make sure you send the link to a lab, to a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend, get some people in it. Because obviously what we're trying to do is share this knowledge base. Um, obviously, I know he does amazing work. He does all of my work. So, you know, want to get more people in to learn because you're learning for free. Right now, if he's here for an hour, he's giving £150 an hour's worth of work away for free. So no get way. your questions in and get your <laughs> friends in. Or book him for an hour yourself. Either way, but you're gonna, someone's going to learn today. Um, so, sorry, let me get on. I do, we've got really loads of questions. We've got 10 questions. I want to work through the comment section quickly. Um, yeah. So, 
We have Rory Kenny Property um, has asked, doing a development currently, do you always require technical drawings or just initial plans? This is okay, so we have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, in, initial plans you would have got for your planning permission. And sorry, just to um, add, he's added, um, it's a development, it is a double-story side extension and single-story rear. Just he's added a bit more context. Okay, double-story side and single-story rear. Okay, I mean, generally, I always like to have the technical drawings because uh with the team i use i like to pass on a, a design package so mm -hmm. at age after what we do is we have phase one and phase two um i like to pass on a design package which includes the planning drawings in phase one and phase two is all our technical structural drawings mm -hmm. um these drawings are more detailed they have all the dimensions all your measurements your lighting points uh drainage runs um, they're kind of a full package to pass to the builder. Mm -hmm. I prefer that because it saves a lot of back and forth, a lot mm -hmm. of uh, calls, a lot of where's where should this go, where's that point, where's this point. And I feel it gives the builder a clear indication of uh, what he so needs do to do. And I think both do you prefer that are... for clients or for yourself when developing or for both? Um, so I prefer that for myself. And then I would then recommend, if that's what I do for myself, I recommend that to clients as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's better if if you do have kind of a full package passed on to your contractor. Yeah, I, I think personally, as a general standpoint, I think Alex is right, it's better. Alex will know for me, he doesn't do that for me because he knows that I'm inclined to change my mind quite frequently. <laughs> and I do love a design, so... The, you know yeah. the, the tv wall that was going over there has now been shifted to the middle of the room yeah. mid build so generally speaking i don't so it really does depend i think a few if you're a developer you kind of you just want to get the numbers out so your design you specify from quite early and you want you're looking at maximizing value when you're doing something as a residential owner occupier a lot of the time i think that design brief is a bit more dynamic from my experience anyway working as a you know as a contractor for owner occupiers and so but and also it becomes down to the builders as well, because some builders almost like to build like Lego. They want to know from day one yeah, where everything's exactly. going yeah. and what have you. And I think for clarity and, you know, straight, you know, just being straightforward, I think what you suggested is the best. But for, you know, you're the, the evil genius that I feel like I am that's always changing my mind. I don't go with it. Yeah, but I think yeah. Alex is right in, in that regard. That Generally speaking, they are good to have. Um, OK, let me just I'm just scrolling through. So bear with me a second. Do you have any tips, Alex, for somebody who is 16 and trying to get into property? 16 and trying to get into property. So mm -hmm. by that, I guess you mean property development. Um, I think shadowing, uh, mm -hmm. working under someone, that's almost the best advice and education you can mm -hmm. get is actively being on site and, and working and seeing how things are done um obviously education college mm -hmm. um uni depending on kind of which route you'd like to go but i i feel personally there's no better uh, there's no better education than actually being on site and, and yeah. being thrown into the middle of everything the practical the practical coupled that with you know the academic side the learning in general so there's loads yeah. of books you know i think couple 
post back maybe five posts ago, I posted like five really good books to read that I found really beneficial in terms of getting into property development. Uh, one thing that we always say every time, what I always say, Alex says, and we have this conversation all the time to anybody around us, credit. Like if you want to be a developer, mm. you need credit. You need to be able to leverage your income. You need to be able to leverage your capital. So credit is going to really help with that. So make sure, you know, you protect your credit as if it was whatever is your favorite thing in the world. Um, yeah, that's something that doesn't really get discussed in, in schools as, as well. It's it, quite as much as important. it should. Financial literacy is yeah. really important. And I'm something that I, I, I'm probably going to mention every week. Honestly, I'm got, so you're going to get tired of yeah. it. And just, just, just get used to it. <laughs> um, what is the best advice uh, regarding external factors, i.e. neighbours or other people opposing plans or planning permission? Um, Nad Madazar. Yeah. Um, so in terms of uh, neighbours, I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a common, it's a common issue we have with planning. Uh, no one likes to see change. And mm -hmm. with... Um, with the kind of applications that we send through, especially the conversion applications, um, you do you do get a lot of uh, neighbours opposing. And mm -hmm. I mean, a, a recent applica application we did, we had thirty five neighbours objecting. Wow. Um, we still got planning. Um, okay. It it doesn't necessarily it's not the be all and end all of an application. Mm. Um, you do have to make sure you've covered your tracks and and everything you've done and, and planning it meets the regulations of the, of the borough and, and the London guidelines but I wouldn't be too afraid of complaints because majority of the complaints are very trivial sound mm. um, working hours disturbance okay. not liking the thought mm. of something um, I guess as well one thing you taught me was obviously you know what kind of complaints you're likely to get and in your design package, you've already answered those questions. So exactly. when you get yeah. the complaints, so you've told me, for example, I've said, Alex, why am I paying for a day and night survey? And you yeah. said, oh, because yeah. just in case this neighbor complains about, you know, impact of light, we've already got that in the package. Why are yeah. they complaining about parking? I've done a parking survey already. So I think particularly if maybe you've yeah. looked at previous applications and seen that there's been loads of complaints on that road or loads of objections, then it's more important to make sure your design package and your brief and what's that document is that is it the design package or what's it called the um you know uh, like design when, and access statement is that design and access statement that's the one so your design and access mm. statement is comprehensive and because Very the last important. thing you want to do is because you forgot to do something small you end up getting declined and then you have to wait another yeah. period of time go for appeal or resubmit the application just because you missed something and I'll be honest, I'm not just selling AA drafting because I use them or because I know them or because I've worked with them for a long time, but I have worked with other architects. And there's, look at you smiling. You like that one, yeah? <laughs> because I've worked with other architects and other architects that I'll go to as a developer. And I'm saying, look, I found this land and I want to build five houses. And they're like, yeah, I love those five houses. They're going to be great. And mm. people will draw you anything and charge you for them without actually having yeah, a conversation course, yeah. of how feasible something is to get past. And that's why... Since working, you know, with, with AA Draft in Touchwood, I haven't had declines. I haven't had rejections because he'll tell me on conception to say, look, we can do that, but you're likely to waste your money. What I would advise, and I think that's the benefit of having an architect who's also a developer, because they understand both sides of, 
the conversation. The coin, yeah. There's maximizing money and there's also the likelihood of being successful. Um, but yeah, so that's just, that yeah, was just a, gen- a, 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 gen- a general shout out for the team over there. Um, okay. This is just a general hello. Good to see you, Alex. William from NW. Alex provides a fantastic service. So I'm assuming oh, okay. that's William, William, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, okay, so that would be for lease plans? That's lease plans, yeah. So um, we kind of cover all kind of lease plans during conveyancing. Um, generally, lease plans are required. Uh, so that's, if do you get a lot of work for solicitors and estate agents, or who tends to book you in for lease yeah. plans? Yeah, so generally for lease plans, it's solicitors. Mm-hmm. Um, or the the, uh, the vendor will go through the estate agent, but generally it's uh, solicitors. And then uh, okay. just providing a simple plan which shows the demise and shows shared areas in the in the property. So it's, a, um, it's another service that we do. So I think there was somebody asked quite a specific question. Um, what is the age of average cost of drawings for a single... Um, a single story side and double story rear extension. So, I mean, I guess probably maybe okay. rather than average cost, your average cost, maybe rather than industry cost can, you know, vary drastically. The, the, um, yeah. One thing with the industry is it's in terms of costing it, it's, there's such a range. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard to, to kind of pinpoint rough costs. I, I think if you, if you set a budget and I could say to you, okay, if you have a budget for um, uh, the first phase, so design and then your building control drawings, if you could, if you have a budget of around £2,000 to cover your drawings and your planning permission, I think you'll be, you'll find someone. And do they, can... do the council fees vary quite a lot? Or are no, they council fees are pretty, pretty, pretty standard, pretty standard. Pretty standard across um, the board. So it doesn't matter if yeah. you're from Croydon to Lambeth or outside of That's London. Right. They yeah, tend to be it's all done reason. through. Um, well, we use the uh, government planning portal. Um, oh, okay, so it's pretty standardised. Okay. It's pretty standardised. That's good. So yeah, I know there's a lot of so. stuff that's council council related that has no standardisation at all. <laughs> but yes, that's good. yeah, that's good yeah, to hear course, on that yeah. size. Then, okay, that's nice. Uh, we got a couple of people that no question, just they appreciate you. So, just to let you know you're being appreciated. I think Rory said thank you okay, as well for the answer you. to his question. Uh, Jordy yeah. Greaves is in the building, Mr. DJ, quite a few other people, um, loads of people actually that we're here today. So let's have a look with this. Investing with Hobes. Um, when searching for a property to renovate, what's the first thing you're looking at uh, for signals of big returns in a, for a flip potential effectively? Okay. So it's, a bit so, more, it's not so much architecturally, um, but kind of just... And again, yeah, not every question has to have a really so. detailed answer because there's so many questions pinging through that we'll try and get through as many, you know, yeah. as many as possible. Um, so generally, I mean, I like conversion. So mm-hmm. I like properties that I can convert into multiple units. Um, that's something I try and so I say I specialize in and um, something I just generally like doing and getting planning for. Um, what I look for in those type of developments are the square, the kind of square footage of the property mm-hmm. in its original state. Okay, so the um, size. So the size of the property. Um, An original surround- state. What What do you mean by that? So without that any, is that without any additional extensions that have been put okay, in. Okay, so free- the, the, 
the side, yeah. long term size, so pre recent development. So you've got the size, and yeah, that size yeah. has to be like original state. Original state pre 1980s um, at the property. So mm-hmm. it, you want to kind of make sure that that is over 130 square meters. Okay. Um, specific. Yeah. And then also, that only applies if it's a three bedroom house. Um, there are different uh, rules and regulations if, for example, for larger properties with uh, four or five bedroom houses, but generally 130 square meters is what I look for. I look and would for, that be a bigger size, I'm assuming? For, would, it, would it need more space or less space? Um, so you can, property? there's uh, six habitable rooms. There's, um, there's different ways you can... Okay, so there's, there's different ways to, to skin a cat sort of thing. So yeah, in terms of exactly, you could get yeah. planning under a different avenue, but generally speaking, you know, yeah. particularly in London, unless you're spending millions, you're looking at sort of 130 square metres or within that yeah. ballpark as opposed to a six-bedroom, which are a lot more exactly. expensive. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. And then you want to look for land, land, surrounding land, gardens, um, parking, Mm-hmm. Um, these are things that are out of your control and these are things that generally are actually most important because you can't get around parking, you so can't we've got get around size, space. 130 square metres that's original yeah. state land, so I guess that's probably in response to the question in regards to terrace versus a semi for example maybe yeah. like more amenity space or garage on the side and just space for amenity, yeah. so I know in the past we've had to do you know, bin storage, bike racks, um, yeah, you know, exactly. riser cupboard for utilities. So having that space to get those things in. So I think those are five key points to think about. Um, I guess the question as well, yeah. just to add to Alex's answer, um, obviously in terms of potential flips, what he's talking about with a conversion is somewhere with the potential to add value. So the question was just to reiterate, when searching for a property to renovate, what's the first thing that signals a big return? The potential to make change that property or to improve that property significantly is where your value is going to be added. So obviously, I mean, mm. a really rundown property yeah. could add value through doing that property up. Yeah. However, so, depending and, on the price you buy yeah. it for. Yeah. And also so, you want to make use of the permitted development guidelines. So these are three, um, these are actual different rules and regulations, which the government have placed mm. on councils mm-hmm. and to maximize your property these don't require plan and permission you mm-hmm. can inform the council that you're going to undertake these extensions um, but they don't necessarily require plan and permission so it's you, you want to use these permitted development uh, guidelines maximize the size of the property um, to its maximum potential and then within that kind of new structure do your conversions and and do your alterations internal alterations so that's just something we look to do. We look to do use permitted development to its maximum and then do all our internal alterations once once that's been achieved. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, another question for how are you feeling? How are you finding today? Let me ask you about yourself. Are you good? Have you got a drink over there? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm currently very, going with a grape soda. Um, you know, I'm, not picked I'm up a healthy, coffee. healthy oh, okay. water. I see the skin glowing. Love it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah but that's good I'm, I'm glad obviously Alex was a bit um, he wasn't sure originally if he wanted to come on the live he had it he said you know he stayed away from the internet for a little while like myself but um, mm. I think it's important to like have professionals qualified people like yourself on here 
because there's a lot of developers that talk and there's a lot of you know people that are property professionals but I think having a specialist on like yourself to answer these direct questions and I'll answer them based on my experience but you'll answer them based on facts figures and expertise which is great so yeah, of course, really yeah. happy to have you on um, so I'm so bad at reading people's names and you're not helping me you're seeing me struggle you're seeing me struggle with names. So um, I can't actually see the. Um, okay, you can't see the, the thing. Okay, the open vessel. No. I've, I got to that one. That one took me like two minutes to process. So the open vessel was said, I've seen a property with a bathroom on the ground floor. Is it beneficial to move the bathroom to the back of the second floor um, and lose the space like in a room effectively? Um, difficult because your bedrooms generally is where your, your, your money is in, in the property. Mm. Um, so you wouldn't want to, to lose a bedroom just to replace a location of a bathroom. So if, if it's going to impact on the bedroom, I would say no. Mm. But if there's a way to alter the first floor to still provide mm. a, a bathroom, as well as keeping the number of bedrooms on the first floor, and that stuff definitely something you should be looking at yeah. and, and that could be done through so that, either I, extensions or or just kind of internal layout alterations because i actually know i was speaking to somebody recently effectively that that was their strategy like in like quite affluent yeah. areas just rearranging mm. the bathroom that was typically downstairs through the kitchen not really a conventional layout for modern living moving it upstairs yeah. kind of getting a slightly bigger open plan kitchen living room creating a bedroom downstairs and that was a really good strategy that they were implementing to allow them um mm. yeah to allow them to be successful so i think it is you have to look at the values and again in the same way you're speaking to alex today speak to an estate agent they'll be the ones that have bought and sold properties you know throughout the local area they'd be able to tell yeah. you kind of what impact that would have on any potential sale price but also if it's your residential property and it's not mm. so much of an investment and that's going to you know, make your standard of living or how you feel within that property loads better and the expense isn't too much, um, then, yeah, I think that's that's also a big factor you need to think about. I think another good thing you've said is it's at the back of the property and you're going to be moving it to the back of the property again, which is another important thing that sometimes I'll be like, Alex, why is this over here? I don't want the bathroom over here. But then he says, well, Jazz, yeah. you've got your main four-inch waste pipe is here. There's nothing on the front of the house. Mm. So do you want yeah. Sani flow? Do you want like your joists? Do you want to redo all of your joists? They run in the opposite direction. Yeah, I think that's, that's something that comes with uh, doing developments as well. So when, when we try to provide a design, it's a dysfunctional design that, mm -hmm. that is actually easy to build. You, know? you, you don't want, for example, your bathrooms in all different locations in, in the property. And then, as you said, your, your plumbing is just a nightmare. Um, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's providing kind of functional designs and um, making it easier once the actual yeah. construction has taken place. Because effectively, I, away from being a developer myself, in the same way as a developer, and as his architectural firm, I'm a developer and also have a construction company. So within our construction company, a lot of the time I'll be approached at a stage where or before Instagram, I was approached at a stage where they've already got their drawings and effectively looking for a construction company. But there would be instances where I'd look at the plans and I would just say, I'm not building that. Because <laughs> it's a nightmare. Like yeah. literally. Yeah. So, or I would say, do you know what? You're going to have to instruct my architect and we're going to have to redesign this because the cost of me building that 
mm. might be me building that is going to add ten thousand pounds onto your build cost, whereas you getting new plans done maybe are going to be two thousand pounds. So yeah, you've lost out and you you perfectly yeah. paid for plans that are not fit for purpose. However. I've saved you money in the long term. So I definitely think making sure that not just to say, just use me or just use Alex, but using um, a firm of architects and builders who have a relationship and a good working relationship can stop you needing a project manager mid-build to just deal with the back and forth and people with the blame game. Because it's, yeah, that's just from experience. And I'm maybe not articulating what I want to say exactly. But if you've got people to have a working relationship, especially if you're, time poor and don't have the time to project manage you'll save yourself so much time and so much expense um let me fire through a couple of these other questions um so someone said what is the turnaround or uh when your service wait, what is the turnaround once your services have been employed to have the drawings submitted um to the council for planning permission okay so generally uh, once a survey has been uh, conducted, drawings should take around kind of 14 working days. The uh, council generally take between six to eight weeks to... Yep. If to, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky, yeah, to uh, get an outcome on the answer. Um, uh, if I'm honest, it, it never is six to eight weeks um, unless it's permitted development. Um even on my personal own project, uh, planning took um, around a year to, to gain. How long did it take on my project? The one that um, we were waiting for. We're, we're, still, <laughs> we're still waiting. <laughs> but so, the um, difference is, and I say this to yeah. people, would you rather have plans that are, you know, I'm, I'm shooting for a lot in my plans. I, I like a lot, like all developers, I tell Alex, he says you can get three units. I'm like, come on, give me five. We settle on four, mm-hmm. you know. So if you want a lot, sometimes waiting is, it's still, you know, it's buy to let mortgage. The rent is covering, the rent is covering, um, you know, the mortgage payments. So I'm happy and hopefully we're going to have, you know, touch with some amazing results at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, what you don't want to do is you don't want to rush in an application and you want to form a relationship. How we tend to do it here is form a relationship with your planner mm-hmm. um, where they're comfortable to talk to you, comfortable to let you know if there's any changes they like. Um, we can all pester the planners and um, the council to hit the, the timescales and deadlines that they've mm-hmm. set. But generally what that does is it, it forms a barrier between you and the planner so there's the relationship isn't there so what we like to do here is just speak to them you know they're they're, they're just like you and i they've got a job and they've got hundreds of applications mm-hmm. to go through yeah. and they may be delayed but it's um it's just forming a relationship because then they can come back to you and say look alex we'd like it if you just move this 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 and then we can pass it and it's those kind of simple uh conversations that can be had once a, good relationship has been formed with your planning officer yeah no, i think that's i think that's very key um okay so we have got loads and loads of questions so i'm going to try and shoot for a few of them quite quickly like quick fire round quick fire. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna decide whether or not i do i don't like your answer how quick it is and how, how, ex- how expert <laughs> okay, your answer okay, has been. okay so okay, okay so um this isn't really a question but thank you for your kind words mmhm structures just said that they've yeah 
they're structural engineer and they think that it's a really good discussion that we're currently having. So thank you for that. Um, we're always Mitch, looking for structural engineers. So that's okay. uh, that's something that, yeah, so. So yeah, again, reach out, network, make sure yeah. you connect, drop them a DM and see how you guys can potentially work together. Um, so that's what you get from engaging. Um, Miss RB80 has said, would you say it's worth going through pre-planning before engaging with your services? Okay, so with pre-planning, um, generally you would engage with, I, I would advise engaging with an architect to then do your pre-planning. Um, mm. That way you can form a, a rough outline, rough designs of how you'd like to, or what you'd like to achieve and then take that to the planning officer to have a discussion. Um, what I like to do is I like to provide a near enough full 75% uh, detail package design package to to send along with pre-planning that way you're pretty much getting a full indication on whether um the council likes your idea or not so um, that's the thing i've seen a lot of people that will go to pre-planning just as an individual with something they've sketched on paper exactly exactly while it's almost it's, a waste of like, it, and pre-planning is expensive as well it's almost just as planning expensive, expensive as you're, you're planning that yeah. so i think if you're gonna yeah. do it let's let's do it right like because if you go there with something you've sketched on paper and we're talking about potentially a conversion have you taken into account your amenity space have you told them how the gardens are going to be split where the mm. bin storage going to be are you going to have the bite racks mm. they want is the roof in keeping with the roofs in the local area what are the windows going to mm. look like you know so many other things that maybe you've not considered that you're spending thousands and it is thousands of pounds to not get a comprehensive answer. So I do yeah. think, yeah, I think your answer is perfect. Um, oh, I'm so bad at reading names. See, every time I do this, this is me trying to concentrate <laughs> on reading the name. Uh, Kooji1983 has said, from your experience, where a local planning favours the retention of family homes, so three or four beds, is it even worth trying to apply for conversion to smaller units? Okay, um, it is, um, there's two ways to kind of go about it. You can demonstrate that the property, sorry, the area has uh, sufficient family homes, two to uh, three to four bedroom properties, mm -hmm. or what you can do is within your conversion, provide a three bedroom flat, which can, is considered a family unit. So, um, that's something I personally had to do on my latest project um, as a three-bedroom house, and I provided a three-bedroom flat on the ground floor. So the council will still consider that to be a family dwelling, and it uh, replaces the three-bedroom house that you're converting. So, um, yeah, the two two ways um, either demonstrate to the council that there is sufficient three or four-bedroom housing in the area through estate agents through. Uh, um, planning history estate and uh, uh, guidelines or um, provide a three bedroom flat within your conversion itself nice one nice nice um, 40 accounting has uh, actually do you know what we've had this question so this was basically a question asking how long it takes for approval so we have had that question for 40 accounting um, 40 accounting are going to be with us on the t Sunday the 21st, so not this Sunday, the following Sunday. So they're um, an accounting firm, they do my account, so do specialise to a degree within the property sector. So again, make sure you've got that one in the diary for two weeks' time. 
There we go. Getting the water on, hydrating. That's why that melanin is popping. Love to see that. Uh, what areas do you cover? So that was within the M25, is that right? Uh, generally within the M25, yeah. We we do we can go out, outside, um, mm-hmm. but uh, generally it's within the M25. No problem. Uh, the London property dealmaker just says they're appreciating this and you're giving great value and they're hoping everyone's taking notes. I hope so too. I'm going to try and get yeah, this on the YouTube. So if you're not following the YouTube, make sure you go subscribe to that property by Kazi. Link in my bio. <laughs> um, okay, Sam Norris as well. The Sam Norris. Hi, Sam. We have Sam in the building. Sam is our special guest Hi, next Sam. week as well. Sam is a specialist broker, um, all types of finance. So auction finance, bridging, buy to let residential mortgages, and everything in between. So make sure you guys are tuned in. Same time, same place next week for Sam Norris. Sam, thank you very much brokers, for coming on. Brokers are my best friend. Brokers, brokers are your best friend. They're key. And funny enough, yeah, that segues great onto um, Sarah British 24, who said, how do you ensure you have a good support team such as builders, electricians? And I think builders are, I mean, your brokers actually within that support team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, team, I mean, it starts off with your planning and your architectural drawings and then that, go into your uh, construction team making sure that your builders um, are familiar with the plans and with the architect because generally during construction there's a lot of conversations that I had back and forth between mm-hmm. the kind of architect and the and the builder so making sure they have a, a good relationship is key it avoids blame games it, it avoids um, any issues or delays on the project um, and yeah, it, it, it just helps. Time, time is is of essence, uh, key essence in in property development. So you want to make sure that anything you can do to avoid delays on your on your project is is avoided. Amazing, amazing. So I'm just skimming through, just getting conscious of time. And um, the London Building Company has asked a question. However, I'm going to pin that question, ask that question again next week and direct it to Sam because their question was, what's the best way to get funds in for property development? They currently have a terraced house with quite a bit of equity, which they'd like to free up. And I do think that's best directed towards a broker. So I'm going to pencil that for next week. Um, again, quick fire, quick fire questions. Let's have a look. We do. Oh gosh, I feel like my eyesight is getting worse, and I keep squinting at the screen. Okay, um, again, that's quick, quick couple answers, and then we're gonna wrap up in the next ten minutes. I told you it was gonna be about an hour. You didn't believe me. I told you yeah. I for an yeah. hour, and you know it's flown by. Actually, you know, we've got so <laughs> many spare, que- so many extra questions yeah. that I'm gonna ask. That can you can you commit to coming back and coming on again? Oh, because I feel like. I feel like we need this again. Not now, but maybe I think we're currently, we've got people booked up until the end of mid-May. So maybe end of May, beginning of June. Can we get you on again? Yeah. We can. I mean, end of June would be good. Um, We could go through uh, my experiences on my current project that I've had to go through. Um, So that'd be good. I think people can learn from that. And no. uh, we can also uh, get some, any architectural questions we can kind of store and we can answer those as well. Uh, nice one. Oh, well, I'm going to take a print screen of all the questions that we don't manage to get to. 
because potentially, you know, we'll do a little segment or we'll do a little segue or something else just to make sure we get to them all um, at some point in time, even if it's our next catch up. So do you need planning permission yeah. to convert a one bedroom masonette to a two bed um, or permission from the leaseholder? So that was the question, but I'm hoping yeah. you, could, you can unpack that question to answer it. Yeah, so generally if it's just an internal uh, layout configuration, planning permission is not uh, required. What you 90% of the time will be required is a freeholder uh, freeholder consent. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be a package which shows the drawings in properties existing state, what it's proposed layout to be, um, all your building control drawings, and if there's any um, load-bearing walls that are being changed, um, and this is submitted to the managing agents, so the freeholders, mm-hmm. um, and it's for them really to agree. Um, then you look at your lease and make sure that that's allowed, you're allowed to make these changes and, and, and things of that nature. But in terms of actual planning permission with the borough council, um, it's not generally required, but there are um, different areas or or reasons why you may need to provide um, planning permission, for example, if it's in a conservation area and you may be altering windows and, and things of that nature. But um, generally, a managing agent permission is, is all that's required. Nice, nice. And I know you've done some deals in the past similar, so you've got some experience in that. So if you do, you can yeah. reach out for a fee quote in regards to those. Um, yeah. Go Giggle Official, so I've just come into, um, into your live and I've missed what both you guys specialise in, in property. So I'm a property developer um, that also has a construction company. I've been doing developments for the last seven years. Alex is from AA Drafting, a fully qualified architect with their own architectural firm. So specialise in residential architectural drawings for those who've just um, who've just tuned in. I think we're going to do maybe three or four more questions and then we'll just sign out. Um, and okay. I'll let you know, guys, where you can find Alex, what, what kind of we're up to and what we're both going to be up to over the next coming weeks. Yeah. Our architects, sorry, uh, Dylan Green has asked, asked our architects willing to view a house with the developer prior to purchase, um, of course, time will be covered. Yeah, yeah, that's something that can be, uh, can be agreed and, and um, consultations, on-site consultations, what, what, what I call them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll be they're very handy um, because I guess it gives it gives you an insight into, it gives the potential purchaser an insight into what the architect, architect feels prior to actually purchasing the property. So um, that's the reason I'm confident when going into developments because I immediately know what can and can't be done. So that will give you that insight and um, advice. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And for me, like, especially as a developer, like sometimes we just as people we find it really hard to part with information but we'll so easily part for a product so for example if i go to a garage and i've got a flat tire and they tell me they're going to fix my tire and give me a new tire i'm more than happy to pay for it because i need it but then some people will buy a you know a house worth hundreds of thousand pounds but not want to pay for the expertise or the site visit from somebody who's potentially going to either save or make them a significant sum of money. So I do think sometimes making those upfront expenses or upfront payments can really help with how successful either your business or your venture is at any given time. Um, Makansu, I reckon I got that right. 
Let me know if I did. Um, planned on doing a single-story rear extension. However, there is a manhole in the garden. Would there be any complications on the design and build? Um, no, 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 no complications. Um, uh, Thames Water build-over agreement should be in place uh, once you've got your planning permission prior to starting your build. Just submit a Thames Water build-over agreement that can be done on the Thames Water uh, Thames Water website. Um, they're going to ask for drawings of the existing drainage and drawings of the proposed. Um, what they will ask for is that the manhole is 600 millimetres away from any um, sewage and uh, sewage pipes and um, they want to look at the junctions that you're forming so whether it's a t-junction or a y-junction to the existing um, sewer pipes uh there's they're not they don't really allow internal manholes anymore building control so you want to have your manhole um, outside of your foundations and um yeah, it's pretty straightforward and it shouldn't alter or affect your build in any way nice one so i have just turned off the questions and that one, um, I think it said your name was Mackenzie. I've slid in as our last question. Um, so but I, what I have done is I was just saving all of the questions. So potentially I'll see what we can do in regards to some of those um, some of those questions. So Alex, now plug yourself. Tell the people, where can they find you? Do you know what I mean? Who should get in touch? <laughs> where you at? Instagram's website, etc. Yeah, so the Instagram is a drafting solutions. Um, uh, website www.aadrafting.co.uk and um, yeah feel free to get in touch uh, dm or through the contact us page on the website mm -hmm. and yeah we're happy to help we're happy to show works that we've done and um, we're happy to provide any planning gains we can for your project so. so i think whether that's whether you're improving your residential project whether you're a developer that's looking at planning gains or looking at you know a potential new build conversion loft conversion etc definitely the man to get in touch with um like i said i'm going to put up a little swipe up link with a link to your contact us form you know as well because i love the people i made sure that prior to this i negotiated a five to ten percent discount with mr alex at aa drafting for anybody who mentions properly yes. by Kazi to make sure that, you know, you guys get looked after when you're getting your drawings in. Yes. I'll put that up after the live. Um, I'm going to try and get this live uploaded to Instagram, no, to YouTube, sorry, so it'll be there so people that have missed out can go back to it and I'll see if I can get it saved as well. Um, as I said, next week, we've got the amazing Sam Norris to talk all things property and property finance. So that's from bridging to mortgages to residential to just a discussion on the market in general, you know, with potentially 5% mortgages coming back, 10% mortgages coming back. I think it's a really interesting time, particularly for those wanting to get into property, to really dig down into what positions you have to be in to make your first investment. So make sure you get that saved, that Sam Norris next week. Make sure you're following AA Drafting. Make sure you're following Property by Kazi. Week after that, we've got 40, um, 40 accounting, so property specialists in the accounting space. Again, another live like this where you can answer, sort of ask and hopefully have answered loads of really great questions. This is a segment where, again, you get to ask an industry expert something for free. So take advantage of it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And that, yeah, that's all for today. Alex, thank you very much for coming on. Um, hopefully we will get you no back problem. late, sort of late, late May, early June. Um, and yeah, again, everybody, thanks for, thanks for logging in. Much appreciated. Hope you got some value. If you have got that value, make sure you go follow Alex, follow me if you're not already following me. And peace out. Thank you very much. Thank you.